Welcome to The Behaviorist with Work Wisdom, where we help you adopt high-performance mindsets, behaviors, communication, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Colantonio. Our intention for The Behaviorist podcast is to share accessible, concrete practices that you can weave into your whole life to begin a shift toward joy and meaningful achievement. Today, we're going to talk about remembering who you are. And my guest is Kedrin Crosby. Hello. Hello. So this concept is something that you've kind of invented, haven't you? Yeah, it's been over probably since this crisis started. It was maybe a week after the crisis began, and we had lost maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue at that point. And I had a really great conversation with a friend of mine. um, And he kept asking me these questions. And I realized by the end of the phone call, I had remembered who we were as work wisdom by the questions that he had asked me. And it strengthened me and it strengthened us. and, And it gave us the desire to really go on um, rather than fold the company. So um, I've shared this practice with a couple of other people and some other business owners, and it's helped them too. So Mm -hmm. we just thought it would be wise for us to quickly try and get this podcast out for other business owners or other leaders who are trying to figure out what the path forward is for their organization. And so... um, yeah, we, we thought maybe we would share with you some of what we've been learning as we've been trying to remember who we really are. So what's the first thing? What's the first step to remembering who you are? Well, I think the first step is to to pause and and look back and think about your history and think about the DNA of your organization and think about um, what made those founders successful in the first place. So whatever the company is, you can you can sort of, you know, turn back the tape and rewind and start um, recalling why were our founders successful? Was it their tenacity? Was it their creativity? Mm. Was it their innovation? Was it that they were cutthroat? What was <laughs> it about them? Um, because I think that just gives us so much strength when we remember um, that that's that's our DNA. That's where we come from, and we can start um, tapping into that kind of strength. So you and I were talking about this, and you were sharing a little bit about Ben and Jerry. And the do you want to share a little bit about Ben and Jerry and what you learned about their DNA? Yeah. So on the podcast how i built this yeah i love that podcast i yeah. think it's so great and one of the one of their probably best episodes is the one that they did on ben and jerry's and so they talked about you know of course how they got started and they're just like two hippies trying to figure out what to do with their lives but it's it's actually it was way more strategic than that you mm-hmm. know the one of one of them was a scientist and and they were very business like they you know they took this it wasn't online cuz it was too long ago to be online but they got this correspondence course on business and they you know figured out what are the things you need to do to start a business and so they were strategic they you know they 
they actually took like one of those counters, you know, that you hold and they stood at this corner and they counted how many times people walked past that corner. Yeah, so it was really it wasn't just like whatever, it, they just thought about what should we do? What should we do next? And so to me, they were really creative problem solvers. And you know, at one point uh, in their company, they um their Pillsbury was trying to put them out of business. Mm. And so that's when they got really, really political. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so anyway, I, I love to hear, I love to hear their beginnings um, and how they, how they were able to um, figure out what to do when different things came up, you know? Um, well, I, and so Guy Ross does an amazing job mm-hmm. always at, at uh, taking companies back to those foundings and what is their DNA Mm -hmm. and what made them successful in the first place. And so, you know, maybe you don't have Guy Raz to ask you the questions, but you can ask them yourself. Why were we successful in the first place? It's Mm -hmm. so hard for a small business to survive to its third birthday. But if you're in business now, you know, and you're more than three years old, you should unpack that DNA and see if you can figure out what those threads are around why were you successful in the first place? Because chances are it's baked into the culture mm-hmm. and you can you can access yeah. that strength. And I think that's really important in terms of remembering who, who you are, not just during crisis, um, but also during times of opportunity. I, I wonder if when uh, Ben & Jerry's was about to be bought by Unilever, if they, if they were thinking about their DNA and they were thinking, how does this, how does this sort of weave into the DNA of, of Unilever? So that's the first part that I feel like is really emboldening. Um, you know, for those of us who come from maybe disadvantaged communities, we, you know, some of us are lucky enough that we can go back to our roots and get strength from thinking about, um, you know, either civil rights movements um, that we've been through that have emboldened us. And even though it was a time of crisis, it it makes us feel stronger. So um, the second piece that I think has been really helpful in in this identity work of remembering who you are is recalling your purpose on the planet or recalling your winning aspiration. Um, so if, if there's been a moment where you've sat down as a, a company and written out, um, you know, this high altitude, possible but not probable kind of statement about what ultimate success looks like, why you're here, um, what, what your unique work is, that spending some time as a team or a leadership team in even maybe contemplation and thinking about that winning aspiration, I think can be grounding and help you remember um, that maybe even in a new normal where you have to navigate perhaps a recession or, or layoffs or remote work, how you're still going to win how you're still going to achieve that winning aspiration. Um, So I think that's an important part of remembering who you are. Um, The third piece is really 
really sitting with your values. So hopefully those core values that you have as a company truly have been beacons Mm. for you, for your whole company, that they've been the bumpers that have created the kind of alignment and behavior and mindsets and culture. And so, um, you know, if, if you sit with those values, it can help you remember who you are. It can be emboldening, but it can also be a prescription about how you're going to navigate this time of uncertainty. Sarah, I didn't ask you this, but I'm wondering, what do you think about when you think about our values? Is there a value or, or any of our values that you feel like really help work wisdom in figuring out how we're going to navigate? I think that uh, the value that we have of originality that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think because I think that we are at our core pretty innovative. Mm-hmm. And so f- for something like this to happen is is yet another opportunity to be original. Mm-hmm. And and it reminds me of you know, when you were talking about values, I was thinking about Patagonia, and I know whatever they're cliche because they're but there's <laughs> there's such good examples, yeah. like when they were going through the recession and he was worried about laying people off, mm-hmm. and he was thinking about wanting to be sustainable. That yeah. it was about sustainability. It was about longevity, and so that his values and the values of Patagonia that helped him decide what to do next. So even if the decision was difficult um, and even if it seemed insane at the time, mm-hmm. it it aligned with their values. And so it made the choice I, probably a little bit easier, just like clearer. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, maybe for work wisdom to to come up with, different ideas about how to reach our clients is that doesn't feel that abnormal Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's it's part of what we are doing all the time so um so it it is kind of exciting to think about like how do we how do we parlay our values into what we do next Mm -hmm. yeah I thought it was so neat last week when Kimberly and Jamie decided to do an Enneagram debrief via Instagram Live. And whether or not they realized they were living into the value of originality, they really were. And that's helping us win, which is helping people to achieve. So, um, yeah, I don't think that you can talk enough about the importance (laughs) of remembering who you are by talking about what are we going to stop doing? What are we going to continue doing? What are we going to start doing that allows us to live into our values even more? I think the value of compassion has also been on heavy rotation for me right now. You know, even especially those first couple of weeks when we had so many, so many companies um, cancel their, their contracts with us, you know, trying to show up in those conversations with compassion Uh, knowing what it was doing to our bottom line so that I could be compassionate truly to those people because, um, yeah, it was hurting us, but they were hurting too, Mm -hmm. you know, so that I thought was really 
it was, you know, I was grateful that we had named that value of compassion and, and that it was so alive for us. The fourth way that you can spend some time remembering who you are that that emboldens you and strengthens you during this time is to think about your archetype. So uh, if your company has done work around organizational archetype, this is such a gift at this time uh, because so the the archetypes for those of you who haven't done work in archetype is there are these 60 different basically personalities and they come from well they come from the ancient greeks but then carl jung found them and and sort of polished it all up and so now there are these 60 main archetypes um, that your organization can be. And maybe the, your organization is one of these, but maybe it's a combination of a couple. So most companies that we work with around organizational culture, at some point they do some discernment around who are we? What is our personality that feels true? Um, and so some common ones are um, the citizen or the visionary or the activist or the helper or um, the sage, you know, and so you can start to see these pictures. Probably the most common one in literature would be the hero. So if there's an archetype that defines who your organization is, it's very easy to think about, okay, how are we going to remember who we are and then weave this into who we're going to be during this crisis and on the other side of it. Um, we don't tell many people this, but <laughs> here we are on a podcast. So our organizational archetype at Work Wisdom, should I say it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> Is the shaman. And so, yeah, I will regret that tomorrow. But um, vulnerability hangover. <laughs> but so, so it was easy for us to start thinking about um, having, having an Enneagram debrief on Instagram live because that lives into our identity as the shaman um, that maybe is tapping into um, magic in order mm -hmm. to, to help others. And then the fifth piece so far of this body of work uh, that we're just developing call it, called Remembering Who You Are is to examine your crucibles as an organization. So look back on other times when things have been so hard um, that that like a crucible, you feel like you've been put into this fiery furnace and almost completely melted. Mm. But in fact, during the melting, you were being reformed and even strengthened like that horseshoe. Um, because chemically that, that metal actually becomes stronger because of the heat. So look back on crucibles that your company has been through in the past. Um, maybe it was the recession of 2008. Maybe it was Y2K. We were, we were just sitting here thinking about some of our company's crucibles and what did they learn from each of their crucibles. 9-11 um, was definitely a crucible for some companies. And so looking back and then thinking what helped us prevail? What helped us thrive and stay true to who we were and get to the other side of that crucible. Very often there are some clues 
in those past crucibles that can inform how you should proceed during this crucible. Um, so, so those are those mm. are really the five concrete ways of um, helping an organization remember who they are. That not only provides identity and strength, but I think it provides some prescription and some um, clarity around the path forward. Yeah. Right now, and so I just I I I just wanted to get this out to our our friends and our listeners um if it could be maybe helpful to them well i think that i think that's really helpful i think for some reason i don't know what it is about identity that it's like okay yeah i can do this (laughs) you know it's possible but just just like going through the process of thinking of those things um, yeah, it is so strengthening. I think some of it is, you know, it's, over the years we've done a lot of, well, I did a lot of strategic planning, you know, pre-work wisdom, but I think there's this idea of um, you can remember who you are and realize that's already within me. Right. And I just want to be a more robust version of myself. Or you can layer all these to-do lists on yourself and say, I need to become something else. I need to make some plans. I need to, um, you know, I have all these new like objectives. And, and so I think, um, I think that almost all of us recognize that it's, um, it's more powerful to just try and become a more robust version of who you already are than try and become someone that you're not. Yeah. I think that's what it really comes down to. So I, I have to say, even in the in the type of strategic planning that Work Wisdom da- does now, it's really more about it's really more about identity. It's really mm-hmm. more about uncovering who you really are and just becoming a stronger, clearer, more aligned version of that self than it is trying to be somebody that you aren't. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I'm so grateful to you for being part of this movement of helping world changers in the workplace. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for downloading The Behaviorist. We hope you'll subscribe. Please reach out to us through our website, workwisdomllc.com, where you can enjoy Work Wisdom Press and Productions, ask questions, and give suggestions of topics you'd like us to explore in other episodes. As is our custom, we'll leave you with a one-minute wisdom. The master insisted that what he taught was nothing, what he did was nothing. His disciples gradually discovered that wisdom comes to those who learn nothing, unlearn everything. The transformation is the consequence, not of something done, but of something dropped. Thank you.